What's up, creators? Welcome to the Creator Hub for the Culture. My name is Lloyd, and every single week, we share content to help you level up on your journey as a creator. Today, I got to talk to someone that I've admired forever. I got to hang out with my friend Kirk. Now, by day, Kirk is the Chief Development Officer for a school called Ron Clark Academy. You've probably seen one of their many viral videos on social media, whether it be on TikTok or Instagram. They're constantly known for having kids dancing and having a ton of fun. They're known for their unorthodox methods of teaching kids and inspiring children. Kirk's job is to help with their development efforts. And so by day, he does that, but by night, he's an amazing creator. He was actually one of the first creators I saw securing brand deals before I even decided to become a creator. He was one of the creators that even let me know it was possible to secure brand deals. And so in our conversation today, I got to pick his brain about how he even got into creating content. I mean, this was a conversation I've been looking forward to forever. And so in just a moment, we'll dive in. The number one question I get the most is how do I make money from my podcast? The second question I get the most is how do I record a video podcast virtually? And I always tell people what works for me. What if I told you that there was a tool that would allow you to effortlessly record and edit your podcast all while using AI? Riverside is a podcast recording platform that will even let you edit your podcast using the transcript of your podcast so you literally don't have to be an audio expert to edit your podcast. I have a 15% off discount code for you to see for yourself. You can check out the show notes to find the link. Recording a podcast virtually has never been this easy. If you've been following my content for a while now, you know that I only have one piece of advice for aspiring creators. Just start. Like literally, now. Well, once you get started and you get going, you'll reach a point where the next logical step is investing in your business. This may be equipment or a course or even traveling to create some content. The only challenge is funding from banks is so challenging, especially as creators. This is where Juice Club saves the day. Juice Club is a super cool members-only community designed to help creators like you and me take our businesses to the next level. One of the many perks they provide is short-term, flexible funding on your terms. There are different funding options for creators at different stages, and you always stay in total control of your content. I'm dropping a link in the show notes. Please check them out. Kirk, as we dive in, I want to ask you a question, and I want you to tell me if this is true or not. Okay. I heard at some point you originally wanted to be a news anchor or a media personality, and then you got into non-profit fundraising. <laughs> is that a fact or what? Wait, wait. How did you even know that? I, I, I can't say, <laughs> but I feel like in prepping for this combo, I learned so much about you. That's crazy. It's wild. But yes, tell that me. that is true. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of like the work you do now and you get like you're recognized widely for the work you do now, not just because, you know, the Ron Clark Academy is just an amazing facility and you help with like their development. But how did you get into that? Yeah, so you're right. Initially, I wanted to go into news and broadcast. And when I was graduating from 
college, I was trying to decide what I wanted to do. And I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna do news. But at that time I was already about to graduate. So I kind of pivoted because the opportunity that I was looking for didn't sort of work out. And so I said, let me try this opportunity in nonprofit development. And so I went right across the street to United Way of Greater Atlanta, which is right across from Georgia State. And I started in a temporary position actually, just you know, running around the city, talking to people at different companies, trying to get them to donate you know, money from their paycheck yeah. to United Way. Uh, and so that turned into a full-time role. I stayed there for five years, wow. fundraising, and then an opportunity came up at, you know, at the Ron Clark Academy, which is where I am now. But yeah, it, it was really just me trying to test out something and see if I wanted to do that. Yeah. And it just turned into something that I loved and became my career. Yo, that's incredible. And I think that like when we think of fundraising, I'm not in that world, but I've always just assumed that it's like relatively like you're, you're helping nonprofits raise money, but you, the organization, like your team, you guys have raised $70 million at some point, right? Is that like, that is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, so not all at Ron Clark Academy, the 70 million uh, span between my work at United Way and also with the Ron Clark Academy. But yeah, yeah it, it is all about, you know, raising funds to support social causes. So yeah. whether it's the homeless or education um, or health, it, it all depends. Like, Ron Clark Academy, obviously, I'm raising funds for student yeah. scholarships and for the educated training programs that we provide for teachers. So, yeah, yeah it's it's all about relationship building and getting to know people and um, getting them on board to support the cause that you're you're advocating for. That's really dope. I feel like part of why I wanted to have this conversation yeah. is because I feel like a lot of creators are in your position in the sense that they are balancing sort of like their day job and then they're creating content on the side and then they have families, they have friends. There's so many different like bubbles we're trying to juggle at any one point. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to talk to you about that. Like at what point did you start like posting content online? Like when was like the first piece of content you posted that you thought like, yo, this is no longer just like a hobby. Like I might want to do something in this space. <laughs> so actually I feel like it goes back to when I was a 17, 18 year old trying to decide where I was going to go to school. I was trying to decide, should I go to University of Georgia in Athens, where I was accepted, or go downtown at Georgia State University. And I was kind of set with the, this dilemma, sort of anxiety of, do I go with UGA, where a lot of friends are going? It's sort of probably higher ranked, more prestige, if you will, in the state of Georgia. Um, or do I go to a place that's kind of unknown to me, downtown Atlanta, not many people that I know, but I, it's kind of exciting, because I get to build a network and kind of you know, get to know as many people as possible. And so. I think a lot of people could relate to that is trying to decide, okay, where do I go to school? This could like really change the trajectory yeah. of my life. And so I'm sitting there, my parents obviously, they probably want me to go to UGA, but they're like, Kirk, you got it. Like pick where you want to go, but go to UGA. Right. <laughs> but you know, I ended up going to Georgia State obviously. And I remember kind of walking on campus for the first time and that kind of feeling, that feeling of like anxiety and uncomfortability kind of like dissipating because yeah. immediately I started to get to know people and myself out there and build a, 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 a network and that first year was actually named Mr. Freshman and then the second year Mr. Sophomore third year Mr. Junior wow. and then finally my fourth year homecoming king but all throughout those years creating content if you will posting yeah. building my network um, and I think you know it's it goes to show you that you put yourself out there and kind yeah. of make a decision that could be risky, could be uncomfortable, but like the reward is so much greater on the other side. But yeah, yeah to your question, I mean, it's 
I, I remember in college, that's when I started creating content. I mean, yeah. I was taking pictures and posting. At that time, it wasn't on Instagram, it was on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. And so everyone would always be like looking forward to my content, my photos that I would be taking of people and of things that were happening. And so yeah. I think that's where it started. And then, you know, me building my network when Instagram came out, it kind of continued on Instagram as well. Yeah. And so now it's kind of ballooned into this network of, you know, the foundation that started with Georgia State, but then the city of Atlanta and then beyond has kind of grown into what it is now. Yeah, yo, I love that. And I, I feel like for people that start posting content online, like I think maybe in the last two to three years, like since pandemic, we've seen a lot of people that traditionally wouldn't think about creating content start posting content online. Yeah. And I think there's this like phase that people have to go through to try and figure out like, you know, what is like my identity? Like what do what they do I even want to talk about? Yeah. Were you always someone that was like, like comfortable showing yourself publicly in that way yeah I interestingly enough I just always loved um, just sharing pieces of my life um, you know and also kind of how it impacted other people so a lot of times it was me just shooting events that's kind of where it started and then um, showing kind of the excitement that happened there and giving yeah. people something to talk about and share about later but then it, as it came to me i wanted to share what was happening in my life what was exciting yeah. what was happening in the city i was going to events i was in organizations making an impact i wanted to share that with people so that they yeah. could come on board with it as well and it was really just organic content of just like what i was doing personally what i was doing in the community what i was doing professionally but like a creative eye like a yeah. creative tint to it yeah. and i think kind of people just took to that and um i enjoyed it so it just kept doing it and getting better and better at it. Yeah, that's really dope. Do you think sometimes like people overthink what it takes to be a creator that people feel like, yo, I have to be talking, I have to show videos of myself, but based on what you described, I think a lot of people are already doing interesting things in their life and if it, it's just figuring out that creative way to display it, yeah. I mean, would you agree with that? Or do you like, do you feel like we over, um, we put too much emphasis on like what it means to be a creator? I think so, uh, and because it's, on social media we see all these incredibly like crafted pages yeah. and it's it's a lot on us where like i can't be that like I don't, i'm not gonna post at all or i don't know what to post because it can't look like that but yeah for me it was all about just posting just getting it out there building that community i think um you know that kind of took some of the, some of the pressure yeah. away from it now that i'm you know i've gotten bigger there is some pressure sometimes but i always remind myself like this is who I am, this is why people, you know, rock with me and my family and kind of what we do and, yeah. you know, try to let that go. And I think a lot of people, like you said, just get in their own heads, like, I don't know what to post, it's not gonna look like this, or just just post, yeah. just put it out there um, and it'll come to you. You can refine it as you grow, yeah. um, but don't get so stuck on it, it's gotta look perfect the first time that you yeah. do it. Yeah, that's a really good point and I wanted to ask you about that because as I look at like your content, number one, your content is really, really good. I appreciate that. <laughs> and it's like, it's shot so well. Like I think you did an ad recently. It might've been for Experian, I think. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's just shot so well. Like I, <laughs> I, I love that sort of stuff, like very cinematic content. Yeah. And I, I wonder too, like, do you, was your con, did you always have like an eye for content in that way? Or do you feel like your content has sort of like leveled up the longer you've done it? Yeah. Well, so to the Experian point, right, I've got a team of like photographers and videographers now. I've gotten to the point where I can, you know, hire different people to yeah. help me create the look that I want. I've always known what that look was and like appreciate it, but just didn't have the resources at that point. I would use my phone and like yeah. a little point and shoot camera that I have. But, mm -hmm. you know, to that point, like we can all feel like or have goals, like everyone listening or watching, like we have goals for what we want. 
our lives look like, our content to look like, but yeah. it's a baby step, it's a process to get there. And so that's what I did, I'm t you know, I would use my cell phone and create content, I still do. Yeah. Um, I'd have people shoot me and then edit it myself. And so, yeah, it's, it's all about, you know, starting somewhere and then building on that as you grow. Yeah. And now I'm in a position where I can continue to level up and, you know, I even where I am now, I have goals for where I want to go next too yeah. in terms of what the look and what the videos and things can look like but yeah it's a process yo I, I think your story is really dope i i honestly didn't know how you got your start and that you even started as early as like college yeah and I, I think it's really dope to see these like part of what i love about watching content creators online is you kind of get to like see them grow and change and you're kind of like <laughs> seeing these things happen in their life that's like dope and so i i'm curious like from the time you started which is like college to now being married and you're having to like post content and even though the content may be centered around you is there any like did in did it require extra consideration taking into account that like dang i might have been okay creating content just about me and sharing aspects of my life just because it's me but now there's like another person in the picture and i have to like take into account like what they think how much they want me to share like i saw your um video on youtube centered around like your your first baby shower maybe mm -hmm. about three years ago mm -hmm. from like a dad's perspective yeah. and i thought that was really dope but like how has like creating content changed going from like a single person in college now being like married yeah, it's definitely changed because my wife will tell you, she's like, I don't want to be any of that content. Like, I'm behind the right, scenes. Right, right. You know, I don't want to be in your little reels. Like, <laughs> she supports me fully from, you know, from a content perspective. Yeah. But, you know, she's an introvert and she's not really on social media like that. And, you know, I respect that. Uh, and so, yes, when you sort of level up and you bring different folks into your life, a family, your, your kids, like, you've got to have those sort of considerations about, um, you know what people want and, and yeah. what they don't want and be able to respect that and so i you know respect my wife although i would love for her to be in content and she pops in every now and again yeah. I, I pull her in and little she's cameo. like right a little cameo here and there you know so um which you know i, I know it takes a lot so i appreciate her when she does that but yeah. at the same time i mean what i do supports our family as a whole so whether she's in it mm -hmm. or not we're still going to do well so yeah um and then my kids you know, my daughter Tatum, she eats up the camera. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. she, <laughs> she, and you know, Maxwell, he'll be right behind her next. I'm gonna train him up next. But right, she, right. Um, early folks, content creator. Right, early content creator. <laughs> so Tatum, um, and folks love her. Um, just, you know, the, the bits and pieces that I share about her and just yeah. her personality. So, um, you know, it, it works and you make it work for yeah. your family and, and kind of what they're comfortable with and then go from there. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, Kirk, do you, do you remember the first time you realize that like yo this creative hobby that i have posting videos online could make me money like do you remember the first time you realized like oh crap like i think someone might pay me to post on yeah so actually it was during the the pandemic i remember it vividly because i saw one of my friends from college uh she was creating content you know and she had you know, recently quit her job to do it full time. And I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> just by posting on Instagram, like right, how, right. how does this even work? And so I think a lot of people can relate to that. Cause I was like, to me, I was like, I was already creating content, already had a following. And I think people are like, Hey, I'm creating content too. Like, how do I, how do I level up? Yeah. And I was in that boat, I was creating content, but I wasn't getting the cash. Mm. Right. And so in that moment I was like, okay, well, 
what can I do about this? Well, I need to learn as much as possible. Yeah. Um, I want to go research. And so I, I reached out to my friend. I was like, hey, I see what you're doing. Like, put me on game. Right. You know? And so I, I did a coaching class with her, and she kind of broke it down for me. And then I started to research. And then during that time, Clubhouse was popping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, Lloyd, I was in all the Clubhouse groups about influencer <laughs> stuff, right. just downloading as much information as possible, like asking so many questions um, about, like, how do you do this? And I was just taking, like, copious notes. I mean, I had pages and pages of notes. So, you know, a lot of times people want to do something but don't want to put in the work to go right. and find out how to do it. Um, but in that moment, I was like, I want to do this, and so let me find out as much as possible. So yeah. I went and did it. And then... I remember going and sort of applying and trying to get my first campaign deal. And I put myself out there, started pitching to all these companies, and I got my first campaign deal with Pampers. Wow. Right? Father's Day campaign, got my first check, and I was just like, what? This is this is a thing. I got my paid partnership yeah. little label on Instagram. I was feeling good about myself. Yeah. Um, but it was in that moment where I was like, you know, I want to do this. I don't have the information. Right right but how do i find the information i'm gonna put in the work i'm gonna research i'm gonna mm -hmm. you know pay for what i need to pay for to get the knowledge yeah and years later it's ballooned into this incredible business that is a side hustle that supports my family and yeah. the things that we want to do for our kids in their future so yeah good. that's dope and from the time you saw your friend become a full-time creator to the time you got like that pampers deal the information you learned do you feel like it was more like technical information like here's how you would create a campaign or was it more like here's how you would pitch yourself what like what do you feel like you learned in that period yeah it was everything it was all the above right so it was how do you pitch yourself it's practical information like okay where do you go to even yeah. find potential campaign deals and find partnership opportunities yeah so it was, it was all the above it was like a blueprint and then also me going on clubhouse and asking yeah. questions about okay so you get a deal but then what are the things that you should look for in terms right. of exclusivity and usage right. and like how do you negotiate and yeah you know what your content should look like uh, and how do you get more deals once you get the first one so right. um that first sort of call and information set me up for success and then i continued to find more information and learn as much as possible yeah which helped me in the long run that's so dope and i feel like that's just stuff that like people are starting to talk about now like exclusivity licensing yeah. and i feel like at that time it was like so early mm -hmm. um sometimes it feels like to me that like the influencer world is just changing so fast that it almost oh, feels yeah. like each year is like its own little like <laughs> century of time i mean do you feel like uh and by the way like a lot of like the campaigns you do now are like huge brands really dope stuff do you feel like from from the time you got that pampers deal to now what has like changed in terms of like deciding like this is the kind of work I want to do or this is what I enjoy doing or I'm definitely not doing that again. What have you feel like you learned during that like time period? Yeah, so during that time period, I learned that, you know, um, I create content that brands want to use on in their marketing and their collateral and their social media because I put a lot of effort and yeah. time and thought into how I produce campaigns and it's going to be well thought out, it's gonna be well produced. Yeah. And so during that time, I mean, when I first started out, you know, I think my first campaign, I got like $400 for mm -hmm. my first campaign, which at that time I was like, wow, yeah. this is incredible. Like right. what? <laughs> um, but now as I've grown and knowing the time and effort that I put into creating the content and thinking about, you know, how the story is told and how it's produced, been able to raise that rate and also yeah. pay attention to 
kind of the things that we talked about. How are they going to use this yeah. um, later in terms of licensing and how long do they want it? And exclusivity, can I not work with another brand right. for a certain number of you know days? And being able to add on additional fees for that, but right. it was a process of kind of learning that. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, everything's a process, and it's continuous learning, continuous. Okay, well, I'm at this level now. What do I need to go to the next level? What else do I need to learn so that I can continue to uh, to be successful and continue to you know take it higher? But yeah, yeah. Where where do you, a lot of the partnerships that you have now? Where do you feel like you're meeting these potential partnerships or brands? Yeah. So initially, um, when I first started out, it was a lot of like influencer networks that I got my first campaigns right. So. There are a lot of these websites um, that I was just kind of scouring to find, okay, what are these opportunities that I could, yeah. you know, sort of pitch myself to. Uh, and I would also slide in DMs and things like that as well and um, try to work it out that way. But yeah. now a lot of my campaign deals come direct from brands, you know, emailing me and wanting to work with me. Yep. Um, and so, you know, from 2020 when I started to now, you know, 2023, it's really grown exponentially at a very fast pace in yeah. terms of kind of what I was doing first to where I am now. Yeah. Do you feel like it's grown primarily because it's like, yo, I, I do dope work and people see that and they're like, oh, I want that too. Or like, and do you think it's grown because like your portfolio has grown or do you like, why do you feel like it's grown? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's a combination of the content that I create. Like it, it looks incredible. Like I mentioned, they want to use it. They want to, you know, showcase the work, but also it comes down to the, the trusted community that I have, right? Um, 30,000 followers, cool, sure, but are they engaged? Mm. And you can look at my community and tell that they're engaged. They're real people. Yeah. They comment. They 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 want to learn more. They're supportive. Yeah. And that's what brands really are attracted to. Yeah. And so when they're looking for influencers to work with, they're like, okay, who has the pulse in the community? Who has the pulse on you know, what's what's trendy with families, with, you know, this particular group of folks. Um, and they look at my page and see that I check those boxes. Yeah. And so that's kind of why I'm attractive to, to brands and why they want to work with me. Yeah, I'm rocking with that a lot. And I feel like it, it sounds like, correct me if this is off, but it sounds like from the time you started, let's just say pandemic to where you are now, you're essentially making sure that like, yo, I'm going to create content. I'm going to do all the things to keep working with these brands. But I'm also still like fostering this community because I know like your, your following has like grown drastically yeah. since like pandemic. Yeah. Um, like, why do you feel like your community is like engaged? Like what specifically do you feel like you're doing for that to be the case? It's all about just being real, right? A lot of times um, we know we follow people and just it just looks contrived. It looks mm -hmm. not real. And it's like, well who are you behind all of that that I see on Instagram? Yeah, I try yeah. to show a balance of kind of, yeah, this can look cool, this great photo shoot, but beneath that on stories, you see the real, you see me interacting with yeah. my family and my kids and at work and in the community. Yeah. And so it's a balance of just being real and just showing up as who I am. Yeah. And like, I'm a normal person just like you are. I brush my teeth in the morning. And, yeah. um, you know, I have bad days as well. And just being able to show up to my community and let them know that, I'm not perfect and that I'm figuring this out every day just like you are and I think that's what people relate to they want to connect with someone who they feel like is relatable just like they are and so yeah. I try my best to continue to just show up as myself my authentic yeah. self every day and I think that's what helps yeah that's such an important reminder I think on social it's there's this mis uh, it can feel very easy to feel like you have to like 
uh, piece things together in a way that are like easily digestible and look perfect. Yeah. But it's like finding those like authentic moments that I think like really drive home like this idea of like connectivity. Yeah. And like, community. I'll be I'll post something on my stories and my frat brothers will hit me up all the time like Kirk you look crazy like go brush your hair like I'm just like it is what it is right, man. Right, like right. this is real life I'm being a dad right now right. my my hair is not perfectly curled you know yeah. I may be ashy I don't know it's just yeah. it's who I am you know yes. I think that's what relates to people like yeah. everybody's not showing up every day looking you know picture perfect yeah. photo shoot ready you know right. what I mean so that's um, a fact yeah. do you do you feel like um, some people believe that like um, you don't necessarily need a large following to make money on social media, but if you're like a creative person, if you can pitch brands on like ideas and concepts, that that's just as attractive of, as having a large following. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. And it's all about your community as well, um, and 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 what brands are looking for because you got you know your nano influencers, micro influencers, macro, right? And they're looking for influencers from all different levels because yep. they have products or groups that they want to reach yep. um, at each of those levels. And so you could have a thousand followers and still you know, be an influencer and start to monetize your following. Following size is not the end all be all. Yeah. Um, of course, when you get more following, you can demand more in terms of rates and things of that sort, but you don't have to have you know, 10,000 followers to start. You can yeah. just start today. Yeah, yeah. Kirk, this, this next question, if you don't want to answer, you get a pass. All right. You don't even got to answer. Just, just okay. nod. We pass. We breeze past through. What would you say is like the most you've been paid for a campaign? Like, what would you say is like the most you've ever made collaborating with a brand? Wow, um, that's a great question. I don't. I think twenty one thousand. I think twenty one thousand is the most I've made. That is with a crazy. Brand. Um. And I've turned down a $21,000 deal as well, too. Wow. Um, just because the work that they were demanding yeah, yeah. just didn't add up, which someone would be like, what? You're crazy. I'm taking that today. You'll, I'll do whatever. Um, but, you know, this is, you know, it's a side hustle, right? Um, it's something that I do in addition to my job, which comes first. And so if it's going to take me too much time to do or... It doesn't make sense in terms of what I know the brand can pay. I'm gonna turn it down, or if it doesn't, or if it, you know, I've turned down brand deals that they've offered me a lot of money like yeah. that as well, where it didn't align with who I was. Yeah, um, and that's important too because right. your community trusts you, and you can't show up as someone you're not, or saying mm -hmm. that you use a product that you don't like. Or, yeah. Your community can tell that, and then you start to lose trust when you do that. Yeah, you know, it's it's so funny that you say that because I feel like um, I I so I have like a day job too, right? And so this is also like my my side hustle, and I feel like that's something that's not spoken about enough. This idea that like yo, um, the largest like brand I've ever um, uh, secured was like four thousand, mm -hmm. but the number of like deliverables was just like insane. <laughs> it's just like I I, I literally cannot do this for right. like a day job and so it's like this balancing act where it's like i constantly feel like i'm selling because i like i need more like work for this side hustle yeah but it's like i can't get too much work because i still got like this day job yeah, exactly. yeah so it's like juggling all these different yeah. things and it's like how do you just sort of like gauge what you have like capacity for at any given time yeah i think it just depends on season and like what's going on with family what's going on with work and just being able to determine does that does does it even make sense for for me to take on um, 
but yeah, it's it's a it's always a balancing act, yeah. right? It's never perfect, and sometimes I get it wrong where I'm just like, why did I accept this again? Because work deliverables are crazy, the right. kids have a busy schedule, and I've got to create content and turn this in at the same time. Yeah. So it's, it's no sleep, um, but somehow you, you find a way to get it done. I think we can all relate to a, a moment where we've just been like completely stretched to the max, Yeah. but somehow you pull through, you push through, you make it happen. And so that's where this comes in, especially because it's something that I have a huge passion for, something that I love and I can see it continuing to grow. It's like, yeah, I may lose a few hours of sleep, but mm. the reward on the other side is, is much greater. And so yeah. I'm gonna put in the work and get it done. Yeah, Um. are, are there ever any like red flags that you see when a brand reaches out to you where you're like yo i can't i don't even know if i can move forward with this because of these red flags red flags um that's a great question um well initially i mean and i don't see this much anymore but um when brands ask for perpetual um, usage rights, right? right. right? Um, no, I'm not giving you perpetual usage rights to any right. of my content because you'll get your, you know, I get paid that one time and, you know, five years later, you're still making money right. off the content that I created, right? So that's always off the table for me. Okay. But that wasn't something that I knew early on either, yeah. right? I mean, I think my first campaigns, they got perpetual uses of them. I right. haven't seen them pop up anywhere, but... You know, if they wanted to, they could still run yeah. a campaign with my likeness because I signed off on that, not yeah. knowing. But now I know better, so I do better. Right, but right. that's something where I'm just like, okay, well, let's let's talk about this. Yeah, they're like, when Kurt gets the 500,000 followers, we're going we gonna to keep them in the backlog. <laughs> right, we're going to keep this. <laughs> yeah. They run that campaign. And I, I've Yo. seen some of my influencer friends were like, yeah, I didn't know about perpetual usage right. rights. And they're still still seeing ads of them, you know, yeah. of their content years later when they've already gotten paid for it. And they're not yeah. still getting additional funds. So yeah. that's, you know, it's so funny. Sometimes I feel a lot of pressure because I feel like I'm. I, I actually heavily depend on like the money I make from like my side hustle. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like, darn, I'm in it. Like just recently, I actually like I lost two opportunities because I like emailed back and I was like, well, actually, thanks for the offer, but this is what I prefer or whatever. And they just like ghosted Ghost at yeah. that point. And so I kind of feel like every time that happens or like I, I demand, let's just say like I say, you know, can't do the perpetual rights. Like I, I constantly feel like, dang, am I having to choose between like giving up these rights or like getting this yeah, getting deal? It. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, I know about it, but it's like, it's a tough call sometimes, you know? It really is. And even now, um, when I negotiate deals sometimes and they come back and I negotiate for double what they asked for, mm -hmm. it's always still nerve wracking, like yeah. hitting send on that email just because you don't know if you know, they're going to ghost you or if they're going to yeah. say yes or no. But I always say negotiate every time. And yeah. if they ghost you, then it's just, that's not a company or I would just, no, that's not a company or campaign that you wanted to work with. As yeah. much as it hurts because you know you so desperately could, you know, use that income for whatever it is that you need. Yeah. I think it always comes back around, like, much greater for you for the next campaign. Yeah. Right? Like, I remember turning down that campaign that, I mentioned it was like a, a twenty thousand dollar deal, and they. Oh my gosh, that that hurt me. <laughs> gosh, but then another company came around. And was like, hey, the way less deliverables for that same amount, and yeah. I was just like, wait, what? Yeah, so it doesn't work out in that instance. Um, yeah, but it always comes back around. Um, yeah, to to benefit you in the way that you need.
Yeah, and I think we all, as creators, that's kind of all we want is like these beautiful partnerships that don't feel like they require everything of us and mm -hmm. pay well and, and are great partnerships. I, I, I know I saw you've worked with Porsche and you worked with a few other brands like multiple times, but how do you go about building those relationships in a way where it's just like not a one-time thing, yeah. but it's a, a long-term relationship? It is, that's so important, yeah, because I, when I worked with Porsche, I, I emailed them afterwards too, just to kind of like say, hey, you know, enjoyed working together. Yeah. I, you know, I, I engage with their their posts on Instagram and, and DM them, um, and, and they remember the campaign that we did together. So it's just always staying top of mind. I do that with my other campaigns too. Just say, you know, it could be six months later. I enjoyed working together on this campaign. Just want to let you know if you got anything coming up. Yeah. You know, keep me in mind. We love to work together. But it's all about relationship building, and I think I do that in my day job too. Like just mm -hmm. building relationships with people and keeping them, you know top of mind, keeping you top of mind. Um, and so that translates too to yeah. the influencer work because, you know, these brand managers, they are looking for influencers that are scouring pages daily of folks that they could potentially work with. And they may for, they may have forgotten about you, but if yeah. you just pop up like, hey, we work together, like, oh my goodness, I'm so glad you emailed me. I was trying to remember or yeah. trying to think about who would be great for this. And so they remembered working with you, you turned your deliverables on time, you communicated, you followed up, um, you know, and so they'll, they'll hire you again for another campaign, but yeah. it's something that I'm continuously working on. I've been hired for, you know, campaigns multiple times just by yeah. building a relationship with folks like that. It doesn't happen every time, but enough where you know that relationships matter. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Kirk, I really appreciate you joining me. This yeah. combo was awesome. Thank you. Most definitely. I appreciate you having me on. Peace. <laughs>